and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. Welcome, everybody. It is the Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman, Tangway, along for the Ride podcast. We put the wraps on the NCAA season, uh, the weird or wild West in the NBA, and should the Celtics be in first overall? But first, I have to tell you that we are brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on all the NBA action than FanDuel, folks. America's number one sports book, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay, Jeff. We know you're exhausted. We know that you have not unpacked. Uh, uh, Bucon. Uh, there you go. So your thoughts on the NCAA tournament and the uh, the final result? I mean, you know, looking back on it, maybe we shouldn't have been so surprised because UConn was clearly the best team in the non-conference. I saw them back in Portland in, in November, and they were terrific. Then they went through a spell where they lost six of eight, and everybody kind of jumped off the wagon. But when you looked at them, other than a, a true point guard, they had everything you needed, right? They had a wing in, in Jordan Hawkins, who's a pro. He could be a lottery pick. They had two bigs that weren't plotting bigs. You know, the plotting big doesn't work right now in, in, in college basketball, especially in the NCAA tournament. But Adama Sinogo was a beast. And Donovan Klingon, as big as he is, is not plotting by any means. And then you just had good pieces. Like Dan Hurley did a great job at UConn and his staff of navigating the portal and saying, all right, with Andre Jackson, who might be the most important player, and I haven't even mentioned him yet, because he's an elite defender, energy, toughness, all of it, versatile. But they needed shooters around him. They brought in Tristan Newton from East Carolina, not a point guard, but had to play the point and did well. Joey Calcaterra from San Diego, who just made big shots. So um, it, it was a team that was put together well and in a year in which there was no dominant team. UConn was the best team early and the best team when it mattered late. Bob, first of all, Bob, why don't you explain your garb to everyone and tell us what you thought? Well, I am uh, saluting the NCAA Division III women champions, the undefeated Transylvania Pioneers, who played a unique uh, in a unique circumstance last Saturday. I would like to submit that uh, never in the history of NCAA basketball or any other level, well, NCAA anyway, or hockey as two undefeateds met for a championship. Now we know what happened. This happened in football. Right. Well, they, they had, they were undefeated against undefeated Christopher Newport wow. and um, capped a season, a two year run in which they have lost one game, <laughs> which was last year in the sweet 16. Uh, so um, I'm, uh, I have a good friend, uh, uh, who happens to be president of the school, Brian Lewis. Uh, and uh, uh, this is my salute to the pioneers. Now, as far as the, as far as the NCAA uh, Division I men's are concerned, uh, if ever was the year where you were going to have some unpredictability, it was this year. This is as arguably the weirdest year in history with multiple teams number one. And, and, and uh, I run at the end of the season, it was just two Saturdays in a row where number one and two each lost. And of course, they were different ones in twos that had been the week before. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then you had, and this is telling, of your four number one seeds, the fewest losses was five. I, I doubt that that's ever happened. And so it's certainly not very often. Anyway, so uh, it, it, we're going to, that we wound up with a, a Florida Atlantic and, and a, a 
in particular, although they did win over 30 games, but still they're an outlier supreme. I mean, let's face it, uh, them getting there. If, this is not a shock that it would happen this year. And San Diego State was quite worthy uh, as well from Mountain West. But UConn, my, I can't amplify anything that... Uh, you were there, Bob. You were at the Final Four. How many How many straight years is this for you now at the Final well, Four? Well, straight, no. I have, it's, okay. it's over 30, 30, 32 or 3 on total. Because people don't understand. I think people that watch you think you're strictly an NBA guy and you love and have followed and have covered college hoops forever. Oh, I'm a, my first, my foundation sports growing up, you know, that made me into a sports fan and, a, and, a, and ultimately a sports writer were college basketball and Major League Baseball. And, and growing up in the 50s in Trenton, New Jersey, and my father having worked at Villanova when I was very small, I got introduced into college basketball and football uh, in, in a big way. And so, yes, I've, I was a college person first. When I, when I started covering the NBA in 1969, I needed a tutorial about NBA basketball and the nuances of it, the differences of it, the, the way the game is supposed to be played and how it is played, as opposed to college, which which I've been indoctrinated with my whole life. Okay. I just want right, one more thing about UConn. Yeah. Is did any other team in NCAA basketball history ever bring a useful 7-2 off the bench? I, would, <laughs> I, would I don't not. think so. Uh, now, the only I, I thought about this when I first said this. Oh, UCLA, Sven Nader, but he wasn't seven foot. He was 6'11". So no. it's a technicality here. But seriously, what you said about Clayton is true. He's not a plotter. He, he's got quick feet. He's got, a, he's got good hands. He can play. He's a player. Yep. And the fact that they could utilize these two guys and that, that Danny could, could get, you know, not exhaust Samago and, and change the pace of the nature of the game by bringing in Klingon. And Klingon yep. didn't have to... He's only. I, I was amazed to find out, guys. As you think about him, he only averaged. He only played thirteen minutes a game for the season, and uh, yet he. There were thirteen quite impactful minutes in many games, right, Jeff? Yes, yes. He averaged twelve in the tournament. Twelve in the tournament, and here's what I'm going to tell you, Bob. You're not going to like this. You're not going to like this at all. But this is the the way of the world when it comes to college hoops. Now, do not be surprised. If both Adama Sinogo and Donovan Klingon are not on the team together next season, now there there are multiple issues. There are multiple uh, avenues they could both take. Donovan Klingon, I talked to four NBA GMs. They all said he he goes somewhere between twenty five and forty. Right now, you know Walker Kessler type at the next level. Um, Sinogo will put his name in for the NBA draft. I'm sure. I don't know if he's drafted. Maybe second round. You know, UConn, if they both want to come back, I don't think Klingon's going to be happy playing 12 or 13 minutes a game, nor should he be for another year. He waited his turn. So what do you do there if you're UConn? They both want NIL money. Can you pay them both? I'm just saying there's a lot of things that have to be resolved here, Bob. And could one of them go to the transfer portal? I know it sounds insane. And I don't think it'll get to that because I think one of them goes pro. But if both of them say, hey, we want to come back to UConn, and Darren Hurley says, oh, shit, I don't have enough NIL to pay these guys both. Like, it, it, it sounds insane that the national title, the champions, could have somebody going to the portal, a big-time player. But, like, it could happen. I'm not saying it will. It could. It's 2023. I'm, 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 I'm reconciling myself to that reality. And that everything you said, you know, is is feasible and and lot and, and that's where we are. That is simply it. That's where we are. Yeah. 
No, I understand. I, I did. When you first mentioned to me the other day that Samogo might go, I, I did have a, a, a the, the big one, you know. Come on. But then I <laughs> the best then, player I, on the best team. Then I had to calm down and understand the reality of twenty twenty three, and you've just outlined it perfectly. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see. So this was a one off. So you kind of enjoy the moment. Enjoy it. You know, because don't think you're automatically going to be back next year. We'll find out. We'll know a lot more. So I got. Oh, you're talking about the portal. I have a question. Yeah. You, what? How does it work? If you put your name in, uh, you, you can you can take it out, right? I mean. You yes. Know. Yes. You can withdraw. Obviously, you put your. Some kids are putting their name in the portal just to get more nil and see what's out there, right? You know, I'm not saying hundred. Hunter Dickinson didn't do that for Michigan, but he knows by going in the portal, he's going to make more NIL probably than did Michigan. But on the flip side, he's not going to finish as a Michigan man. He's going to lose those connections to the school potentially that he's built up for what could have been four years. Well, hey, Gary, I have one topic that we did not have on the rundown, but I need to hear Bob's take on. Yeah, I have go ahead. So it's the women's. The women's championship game and everything that went along with it. There was a lot to, to devour there. I don't know how much you followed it, Gary, but um, Caitlin Clark is a special player from Iowa. I've watched her. I saw her in person back in November play UConn in Portland. I've watched her a ton on TV because my daughter covers Indiana. They played them three times this year. I think she's like the best player since Diana Taurasi that I've watched in terms of just talent and fun to watch and all that. Well, she talks a lot of shit. She talks a lot of shit. Yeah. So at the end of the LSU game, Angel Reese, LSU's best player, um, basically put put her finger, her hand up and, and basically saying, you know, ring. Uh, I got a ring. You don't. And everybody went crazy. A lot of people uh, took shots at her, not knowing the background, not knowing the background. And that's the problem. I think a lot of media people, I was probably one of the few to know the background of Caitlin Clark and the trash talking that, that she did over the course of the year. A lot of, you know, people in the Big Ten didn't love how she conducted herself, but respect the hell out of her because of her talent. Um, so Angel Reese got a lot of pushback. And uh, then you had Jill Biden uh, inviting both schools to the, to the White House, which I don't blame LSU for being pissed off because it's never been done before. Why are you doing it now? It just, it doesn't look good. Uh, then you had Kim Mulkey, LSU head coach, who's a ra raging lunatic on the sidelines at times, and she doesn't get teed up, and, and you can blame the refs for it as well, but she's, you know, way outside the box half the time, yelling, screaming, kind of like some guys do as well that I've gone on, you know, Dan Hurley being one at times. Uh, Fran McCaffrey being one, the Iowa head coach. Bob, I just want to get your take on all of this that yeah. transpired. Well, for people specifically, Caitlin Clark did the the, the uh, you don't see me in and with at the Van Lith at the yes. Lith at, at oh. Okay, so and who was a, a high live wire herself? Okay. Yes. Oh, I guess that was the one that Angel Reese was playing off most yep. specifically. Okay, so yeah, what this has been framed in you know this uh, sadly. Both of these things are now been framed in a racial manner, yep. you know, and, and, and that, uh, you know, the white girl got away with it and it was kind of cute. And, and the black girl, uh, you know, was a young lady, uh, you know, was chastised for being, you know, a, a ghetto 
princess and all that nonsense, you know, that's awful. You know, of course, I can understand why Angel Reese is very upset about that. Uh, yeah. Um, so it, 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 that got, that it was inevitable. And, and as far as the White House thing is concerned, uh, I just, Jill, just, she was just stay out of it. You know, it's not, it, it, it just, that just tone deaf beyond imagination. Right. And, right. and not to understand that, and and uh, it was just foolish, and 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 of course, Angel Reese is taking this a little bit too far in her end now, I think. But still, um, you know that. Uh, but anyway, they're going to go, and uh, I guess right, or they are going. They're not going to go. They're not going to go. go. No, they're, they're not, not going. They're not going to go. They're not going, which is a, a historic first. It's and, sad. And it's sad. Not that this is an important matter in, in, in Western civilization, you know, that the White House invites a sporting team in. But but this has become a co-celeb because of, you know, for the world we're living in and and, and everything else. And, yeah, I understand. Um, it's it's needless. I mean, Joel just caused an absolute needless. Uh, for no reason. Uh, yeah, for no uh, reason. It's just stupid. I mean, really and truly, you know, that's, this is not this is not a everybody gets a yellow ribbon for participation and the optics look bad because Iowa is a predominantly white team. Yeah. I mean, right. And the, the star, the, the marquee star is white and, 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 and LSU's marquee star is not. And yep. that, that's, that's, it was, so, you know, you're going to, you wade into those waters. You cannot, you know, you, you drown <laughs> and, and Jill Biden just drowned in that, in that, and, and, pub, you know, it was needless. Now, as far as the, the game is concerned, one thing I didn't, I wasn't in a position to see it, uh, yeah. but I was, there's one over, everybody that, everybody who commented started with one thing and one thing only, the officiating. Yeah. How, how bad was it? Really bad. Really bad. I mean, again, I think part of the problem is, um, again, they're scared of Kim Mulkey because they want to, they want to officiate the final four again. And they know if they, if they hit her with a technical she may tell the NCAA, hey, I, I don't want him on, on my games or in the SEC. I don't want him on my games in, in the NCAA tournament. So that, that's the problem with some of these officials. Unless you're so established and you don't give a shit and you're, you're far into your career, you are intimidated by some of these coaches. And Mulkey being probably the, the biggest one, you know, Gino and Mulkey are the two biggest names and Don Staley right now. Those are the big names in the women's game. And, you know, frankly, same thing with the men's game. Like, you get a, you got to get along with these guys or else you're not going to be allowed to do their games. Wow. That's a, well, well are you guys good? Because, I, I, Bob, yeah. I want to say something about our colleague Jeff Goodman for a minute while we're on college basketball. And this dawned on me as I saw pictures on social media, uh, Jeff, of you with the Fishers, father and son. Yeah. And, Bob – I don't think Jeff Goodman gets enough credit for being the premier college basketball writer, journalist in the country. I think that one of the things that has benefited Jeff is social media and also the way we get our information. But at the same time, I think it's hurt, quote unquote, his brand. Now, Jeff's not concerned about his brand. I've known Jeff a long time, but I've seen him go from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette to ESPN to now covering college basketball. And in the past, we've celebrated journalists because you basically had the Globe and you had the Herald, right? Yeah, this guy, you had that guy. And I don't think that Jeff Goodman gets enough credit for being the premier college basketball journalist in the country. Well, I, I know nobody that knows more, who knows more people and, and, and goes farther back. And I mean, everybody comes up, 
I saw him in high school. You know, I saw him in AAU. And uh, you know, seriously, I have, I'm I'm uh, totally impressed by by the, his breadth of knowledge and his contacts. So you know, I I won't I won't dispute anything you say. Well, I don't think Jeff is enough of a self-promoter. I'll just leave it at that. But Jeff, I just needed to say that because when I saw you hanging out with the Fishers, and then I just that dude's the best, though. You got to understand. No, I understand that, and so are you. Oh, I just think uh, I think the way media is now, like um, it, it's so well, convoluted. And there's so much. Well, I'll say the good and the bad. That that's the thing. Like I'm going to give it to you straight, no matter what. I'm going to give it to you straight. I don't right. give a shit. I don't care if I don't break your story because I, I, you know, I said what I believe about that coach or, or you know, and I'm always going to protect the player, the college player, the high school player. You always got to protect them yeah. until they. Well, make I just, you know, I, I just think that you deserve. You probably get your due. Um, no, well, I, I don't want my due. I just, I just want people to respect, you know, the 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 grind. That's all it is, and I, and I learned it from people like Bob. I mean, to be honest. That's who I learned it from, is the grind. I remember, you know, first time I met Bob was um, sitting out with my dad after a Celtics game outside the old the old garden and uh, and him coming out and spending time with me as a 16-year-old kid trying to get in this business. And I know the grind. that, And, and to me, that's what you want to pass down, right? My daughter's doing it now at Indiana. And you want to pass down that, that, that grind, that work ethic, to not just her, to the younger generation, because a lot of them are looking at different outlets right now that, frankly, aren't about journalism. They're not about journalism. They're oh, not no, about no. Yeah, doing it the right way. Yeah, we know that. But anyway, yep. props. Thank so, you. Bob, it's really interesting. Uh, you mentioned in our pre, pre-show text about the West, and I was looking at the West, and boy, have things changed since the beginning of the year, right? It was a real yawner. But now the West is kind of worth watching. Well, it's it's competitive as hell. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, it's, all, it's up for grabs. And the thing is, you've got some very interesting storylines. You know, I'm right. like, what is he talking these terms? Uh, that that phrase that that's kind of just slipped out of me here. But but they are because it's not just a matter of we taking these teams at face value. We've got two teams, for, for example, three teams in the West that that are uh, dramas. It's one, the Phoenix Suns who have added Kevin Durant, who have now got two guys who, who are going out and getting 30 each night, too, we, you know, one of the, uh, with Booker and, and with the uh, uh, Chris Paul saga of never getting, had done have a ring, and, and here he is in year 18, I believe it is, and he's still viable. He doesn't have to be a, the man. He only has to do his point guardy job, uh, you know, and, and, and to distribute and be Chris Paul without being a, a, the, the Hall of Famer that he is. He doesn't have to play at that level. But – they're, you know, they're a formidable team. Not, not that. Right? Two, you've got the Lakers, and and the fact that they've now won us, we speak seven in a row. That they're back in the picture. That whether they're in the playing game or they're not, or, or, or whichever way they're going to be in the mix, they're going to be in the postseason, and 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 they're going to be a story. They're, they're going to be an intriguing story. And the way they've evolved, with not just uh, uh, with Austin Reeves coming from my you know, point of view out of nowhere to become a viable force. And uh, the, the goal uh, and Davis playing like the top, you know, fill in the blank, 50, 60, 75 player that he was voted. He was voted at 75, but he, he's a great player. Just oh, it's always been a matter of whether he's on the floor or not. That's all. Can he stay on the floor? LeBron's LeBron still playing at an incredible level at age 38. Still, still the triple double guy every night. Still. I mean, it, you, 
you exhaust the superlatives. Come on, he's he's truly amazing. But they're going to be heard from. And three, the most just inexplicable like disparity in the history of this league: the Warriors, who are invincible, almost invincible at home, and are pathetic on the road to a degree that no good team I've ever seen has been. What is that all about, Jeff? Any any concept? What is that all about? I don't understand it because you've got veterans on that team. Guys who have won titles. It'd be one thing if you had a bunch of young dudes that were affected by, you know, the road environments. But come on, Steph, Clay, Draymond. Like, what what are we talking about here? I don't understand it. And it concerns me, obviously, going to the playoffs that they can just flip the switch. However, I, I do look at it and say, all right, like, do I have that much confidence in, in the Nuggets or the Grizz? Like, there are going to be some great first-round matchups coming out of the West. Great. You know, even the play. Yeah, I don't think it's not to me. Like, I, I know what you're saying. Like confidence in the Grizzlies and the, and, and the Nuggets. And then, you know, I wonder about the Suns and the Clippers are making. But like when you mentioned those first two teams, they haven't done it. You know, that's the thing. Right. You know, like, you know, like the Warriors. I, you guys, you're right. They're weird. The Lakers should scare the hell out of everybody. I mean, they just should. They just, I mean, Bob talked about it. Like, those two teams, like, I would love to see the Nuggets in the finals. I'm a huge Memphis guy. They haven't done it. And I don't know if oh, they but, but there's the first time Milwaukee hadn't done it either. The Celtics yeah, haven't well, in the finals. But you know what? They got to get – but you're right. But would you put money on them? I wouldn't put money on them. Let me throw another team at you. So I wouldn't put money on any of them. On any of them. No. Yeah. I, I, right now, I have to say Phoenix. All right? I got to – if you have to come pick one, I have to pick Phoenix. Sure. Don't uh, uh, Sacramento has had a very good year by especially by you don't trust them. You don't trust them. Come on, hey, a Sacramento Golden State first round. Who are you taking, Bob? Come on, Transylvania. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would. uh, I've been singing this Golden State song all year. Don't discount Golden State, but 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 I still keep waiting for them to win a road game, you know, every once in a while. Are they going to be able to do that in the playoffs after they haven't done it all year? It's a question. No, I'm just throwing out. No, of course I would say them, but but Sacramento, you know, they got my boy Sabonis and 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 uh, De'Aaron Fox having a good year, and and they've been, you know, they're they're a good scoring machine, but yeah, so just an, yet another team that will provide an interesting opponent for somebody. Yeah, no question. Yeah. So no, the West is going to be. Uh, you know who might not be in the the, the playing game in the West as we record? Kyrie yeah. Irving. Kyrie Irving. Yes. Yes. Right. Oh, gee. What a disaster. Disaster. Yet another one. And I heard somebody today, I was driving to get coffee, and I heard somebody with Scal saying it's not Kyrie's fault this time. And I'm like, yeah, but but it's always partially Kyrie's fault, isn't it? Like, wherever he goes, they have a worse record with Kyrie this year than they do without Kyrie, the Dallas Mavericks. So, like, when when are people going to start to understand that you know, maybe his talent doesn't outweigh his issues. No, well, this doesn't do it. And Bob yeah, has said it before. Bob, you know, to, to quote Bob, it's a tragedy because his talent is. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's just not there for whatever reason. You know, it's just not there. Um, okay, guys, let's go to the Celts. Now, I mean, they've been resting their guys. We've seen We've seen Brown play well. Is it a problem, Bob? Will it come back to haunt them that they went through this phase where they were basically had their heads up there, you know what's, and it cost them the first place? No. It, uh, to me, 
I, I don't, the most important thing is health, not seeding, not, I, you can win, a, if you're good enough, you can win a road game and, and including game seven. And I mean, it, it, you want it, you'd rather be at home, but it's not a killer. It's not a deal breaker for me. Right. No, it's staying healthy. And I want Robert Williams out there when it matters. And if he's not, then we don't, then they're not winning. Period. Hey, Bobby played 31 minutes last night. That's a good sign. Yeah. Know, and, 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 you know, but then just going to have to. I mean, that's it is good, and yet you know they struggled. But, but they but, they had three guys missing last night. Actually, this guy like the game with Philly the other night. You know, it was an entertaining game because you know Embiid was putting on a, a, one of the great shows frankly I've ever seen. And people think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. And uh, uh, and yet uh, the Celtics didn't have their all their guys. So I discount any of the games among the contenders in which they're missing some key people. Sure. You know, I just don't even count that. But here's the, this is going to be my take throughout the playoffs. I think we're letting the Celtics off the hook a little bit with the Robert Williams thing. I understand it. I, I get it. But the way I've seen Jalen Brown play lately, and you got Brown and you got Tatum and you got, you know, Brogdon, who obviously when he hasn't, like last night, he was great. Love him. Love him. I mean, let's not give the Celtics too much of a, a pass here if Williams is hurt to get to the finals because – but he gives you something I, you're going to need against certain teams, like what? Giannis. Like Giannis, you need Robert Williams protecting the, the 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 rim. Yeah, I get it, Jeff. But are we letting him off the hook too much? I mean, they got Brown and they got Tatum. I mean, I get it. Look, Giannis is freaking all world. But if you're in the if you're in the Houston Conference Finals and yeah. you don't have Rob Williams, you should still take the flipping bucks to the wall. I'm not saying you can't take him to the wall. But you can still win it too. It's not you know. I don't know. I think I think the narrative. It's always been they need Robert Williams and you Robert Williams. But when I start to see this team play, maybe I'm drinking the wrong Kool-Aid. When I start to see these other guys come in, I'm like, obviously, if they have Robert Williams, they can win the finals. But are we letting them off the hook if they don't? No, I think they can without him. I just think, again, the margin shrinks because you don't have that one presence protecting the rim that you need. Sure. That, that changes everything from a defensive standpoint, right? You got Al Horford in there. It's different. Al knows where to be at all times, right? But he he is not going to protect the rim. He doesn't have that pop that Robert Williams does when Giannis tries to take it at the rim, where Giannis thinks about it, right? He he, he will. If Robert Williams is sitting there waiting for him, he is thinking about it a little bit, where if Al's there, he's going to dunk right over him. It's simply a matter of a dimension that is not available elsewhere on that team. That's all. Their other big men have have assets, you know, uh, particularly Muscala can shoot, and 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 Cornette just is a he's a solid backup big man, you know. But he's but he's not that kind of a player that brings a dimension that Robert Williams does. No, I'm afraid I have to disagree, Gar. He's he's a must have, a must have to, to go all the way. Well, because Bob just mentioned too, if you don't have him, you got to play Muscala or Cornette more, and then you really get honestly, you get exposed then. I know. I just see the way Brown's been playing lately, and I know they want him to get his. And I'm like, these two guys, well, they have to score. I mean, you yes. guys are probably right in the end. But if they didn't have him and they're going against Milwaukee, they got to outscore him. I mean, you're going to have to get unbelievable nights from Brown and Tatum every night. Brogdon's going to have to have a lot. Your so versatility, your versatility within your roster, if you have Robert Williams, is better than anybody else. Your depth. Yeah, your there's no doubt. I'm, but I'm going to let him off the hook. Okay. Gentlemen. Anything else on your mind? No, just one, one, just the Knicks. We, yeah, go ahead, Bob. I want to talk. 
I'm, a, I'm not afraid of them, but I'm intrigued by the Knicks now. They, you know, and this the way that Quickly's coming on and, yeah. and Quentin Grimes, and uh, you know, over, over, topping at 32 the other day. Yep. Last night, whenever it was. I mean, they've got some components now. That's all I'm saying. And, and they do. Uh, they, they'll, they'll, they could be an interesting playoff opponent for someone. By the way, uh, I was reminded when I said that Jalen Brunson might be the most accomplished college player in the last 20 years. Because we, we were talking to Tyler Hansborough uh, out in Houston. And I said, like, you know, we were, we were talking about top five college players in the last two decades. And Tyler's got to be, you know, one or two probably. But Jalen Brunson has something that nobody else has, which is two national titles at Villanova. He also has a high school state title. I mean, this is a kid who, again, if you just we've talked about him, but you can never give him enough credit for what he's done with the Knicks. And then you look at Dallas right now, and you're like, hey, Mark Cuban, do you want to? And Cuban, I think just yesterday, the day before, kind of blamed it on Rick Brunson a little bit. Did you see that? Oh, no. He said, the parents. he said the parents. Well, you know, obviously, Rick with, with the Knicks, it was a smart hire. Um, it's like a college, it was almost like a college move, right? Right, right, right. right. You're hiring the, the, the yeah. dad or whoever to get oh, yeah. the kid. You don't see it too often in the pros. I, I can't think oh. of any comparable circumstance necessarily. But brilliant. I call it the Ed Manning circumstance. <laughs> yes. Yeah, brilliant move. And again, we all thought they overpaid. And they oh, did a little bit at the I, time. I mean, how many times have I said it? I love the guy, but I saw him as, as, a, as a useful yes. component, not as a star, and that they overpaid him. And I'm so happy to be wrong because I have liked this guy's game from, from Villanova days. And you'll like him more if you talk to him. You'll like him even more because he's all about everything that's right about winning, like everything. And he's got more shit to him. The Villanova guys, all of them, are like robots. When they're at Villanova, they, they can't they can't really talk much. And and then when when they get out of Villanova, whether it's Ryan Archie Diacono or Josh Hart or um, Colin Gillespie or Brunson, they open up, they have fun. And it's weird because like Jay Wright is like the best, like he, he's outgoing. He, it's just they, they kind of are very robotic. And uh, Jalen Brunson, man, all kudos to him because he is just. He's worth every penny. That's what I'll say about Jalen Brunson. He is he's been worth every penny uh by the Knicks. Gentlemen, a pleasure. Jeff, get some sleep. Bob, just a reminder, you might want to take off the shirt and the hat before you leave. You can keep maybe just one on. A lot you got a lot of red going on there. Just a reminder. <laughs> uh guys, great stuff. Again, Jeff, great work at the NCAA. We'll talk to you next week. And FanDuel brings you the Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman, Tangway along for the ride. Podcast, Grand Slams, no hitters, double plays are back. There's no better place to get on an MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official partner of Major League Baseball.